You obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, this is Dennis Rule, writer-director of Unlucky Stars, and you are listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight is writer, martial artist, actor, stunt person, director, all-around filmmaker, Dennis Rule. Dennis, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a cool opportunity. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's very great to have you. So before we start, your handle all over your social media is Hapkiden. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And uh, I am I'm relatively new to, to martial arts. I'm 46 years old. I just started taking up martial arts. Uh and when I was looking around for a martial art to study, my options were pretty much Taekwondo and Karate, right? Uh, they get the best PR, so they're the, the ones with all the schools. Yeah, those are those are the pretty usual, too, that, that, that's pretty much in every city all over the place. So, yeah, I, I can see that. And interestingly, though, there is an Aikido school in my town, but uh, Hapkido is a rarity. So what got you into martial arts to begin with, and how and why Hapkido? Uh, well, when I was when I was a kid, um, I think I'm pretty sure one of the first martial arts thing I, I saw, and I and I don't I don't remember exactly, you know, how I saw it. Um, it was on TV, uh, or somebody was playing a video, but it was Enter the Dragon. It's one of my earliest memories of of seeing martial arts performed uh, in a film, and uh, you know, just seeing Bruce Lee do his thing and sort of being mesmerized like everybody on planet earth at that time <laughs> about you know with this guy's charisma and and just the the whole the whole image the whole you know character that that guy was that he you know in and uh, just watching him just move that that way i mean it, it just immediately got me up you know off the seat and just wanted i just wanted to mimic every little thing he did and i i kind of started doing that you know just all the time. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what other films I was watching at that time. They had this late night on uh, Channel Twenty Six back in the San Francisco Bay Area. There used to be this late night kung fu, uh, you know, show, and they would show these random uh, films from uh, you know the kind of the Shaw Brothers era. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't know any of these guys. A lot of the films that they were showing at that time, you know, kind of had some supernatural stuff going on. Yep. So you know, people flying around and sparks and explosions coming out of the ground when swords struck the floor and every, you know all these all these things the only guy that i really knew was bruce lee and then i knew that there was a whole bunch of other guys in hong kong doing all this stuff uh, for film and you know as a kid i just i didn't i didn't really uh, since i wasn't really exposed to any kind of american martial arts films at that time i know that there there were fe- there you know they were just kind of starting all the direct to video films at that time the the b movie category they were you know just kind of pumping out all these things and um but i didn't really catch on to those until maybe 10 years later when i was kind of going backwards um so it was the bruce lee thing that kind of got me into wanting to take martial arts and you know it was kind of all this like self-taught stuff until i you know i told my parents that i, I really wanted to take the actual lessons out of, out of school and um 
it, what's interesting is that the hap keto, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And it was, it happened to be in between my house and school. So if I took the bus, you know, halfway, I could just jump off, take lessons and then, you know, either get picked up or take the bus on the, the rest of the way home. And there, there were other schools in the area too. Like you, like you mentioned, Taekwondo, uh, a couple different karate schools. There was like a Shotokan school and things like that. And there was honestly, there, there was nothing more appealing about the Hapkido school than the others, other than, you know, as I was driving by, I was like, uh, you know, my, my parents were driving by, I, I wanted to check it out. It had a, you know, big kind of open sort of welcoming vibe, uh, you know, on the, on the front of the school. A lot of other schools are, you know, kind of closed off or on the second floor or something like that, you know? <laughs> so I, I, it really, it really was kind of a coincidence that I, I said, okay, let me check this place out. So I went in there cause I didn't know what hap keto was. I asked, I said, I'm not familiar with, with hap keto, you know, what is it? And I was told that it's, it has all the kicks of Taekwondo, uh, you know, Korean style kicking art. And really at that time, all I really wanted to do was kick. <laughs> so I mean, that's, that was the main thing really that I was looking for. And they said, and then we do joint locks that are similar to Aikido and stuff like that. And I didn't know what that was. And I said, Oh, that's cool. That's kind of like a bonus. I don't even know what that is. So sure. That <laughs> seems cool, you know, to know, to, to, to actually get something that I wanted and then to have a little extra. And that, that's just the way I looked at it. I kind of looked at it like, Oh, this is the art I want to take. In addition, they have some other stuff from some other arts because the, they actually had some forms for the kids there because they didn't get into the joint locks until adult lessons and everything. So uh, the forms that they were doing were, were, you know, kind of karate style forms. And then all of the, um, you know, all of the kicks and everything that we were doing were kind of like your basic Korean system kicks, you know. They, they weren't locked into one way of doing things, which was really, really interesting to me and uh, now, that, that now that I look back on it. It's really interesting that that, that that school existed when it did because the, the teachers there were um, from different disciplines. Mm. The grandmaster and the master, of course, were Hapkido, but they had hired instructors who either came from Taekwondo. One guy came from a Shotokan karate background, and they, they came to the school, and they started learning joint locks and things like that from Hapkido and really sort of adapted their styles into you know, the, the, the school there. So when I was young and, you know, looking at all these different teachers doing things just slightly different, it, it kind of gave me this, um, kind of a, a broader perspective of, of, uh, you know, of how to do everything. Um, because, uh, some styles, they kind of lock you in, like, this is how we do it. This is the way we do it. Uh, if you do it any other way, it's wrong, you know, um, uh, you know, we, you know, that's another style, you know, that's not our style. Right, right. Uh, there, there really wasn't any of that going on. And uh, interestingly, a lot of the elder students there, they all kind of moved differently too. So at, at that time, I, you know, I was, I was like, I guess Hapkido is just kind of like a mixed bag of stuff, you know? This is what I was, what I was thinking. And it, it wasn't until years later that um, I started looking around at other Hapkido schools uh, because you know, YouTube wasn't a thing back then. Like when we're in like right, the, right. we're in the early nineties and there was nobody yeah. going on YouTube and you know, <laughs> uh, that stuff didn't exist. So, uh, so it wasn't until much later that, you know, YouTube came around and then you could start watching all these other Hapkido schools from all over the place doing their thing. And honestly, from, from, at least from my perspective, uh, every Hapkido school was different. 
um, uh, it was it was interesting because I kind of thought, oh, Hapkido's like this. It's a very kind of open mixed bag. But then later on, I started watching all these other demonstrations and videos from other Hapkido schools and other places, and they were very sort of uniform and and um, uh, kind of locked in. They all kind of moved similarly, and so I mean, I don't I, I, even even now, even though I've seen hundreds of thousands of videos of all types of other Hapkido schools, I'm, I'm, I'm still under the impression that uh, most Hapkido schools kind of, their students end up being sort of products of their, of their teachers and how they teach, as opposed to, oh, you take Hapkido, you must do this joint lock like this, and you must kick like that, you know, because I mean, I, I just see all different types of stuff. Like some some Hapkido places, their their demos make me kind of scratch my head, and then other ones make me go, <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> other ones make me say, "Oh, I never, I, I haven't seen that joint lock like that," you know. And then I think over time, you know, just all the martial arts and the MMA and all that has kind of mixed up everything. So it, it's kind of cool now, you, you know. Spinning heel is a spinning heel, and you know, spinning round kick is a spinning round kick, and it, it's kind of nice in that way, you know. That, that, that everybody's kind of mixed up and understands martial arts a little bit better now. You actually took it uh, to a whole nother level, though, because you taught it for a while. Yeah, I, when I was um, – I kind of had the choice to leave town to go to college uh, um, outside of town. Or, or if I stayed in town and I took uh, college courses you know, in the San Francisco Bay Area, I could keep going – I could keep doing Hapkido. And um, it was kind of around that time that I was assisting – you know, end of high school. So what am I? I'm 17 ish, 18, something like that. And I'm assisting. And I was like, oh, I kind of like teaching too. And I'm still training, you know, I was like, you know, a couple belts away from black belt anyway. And it's like, why, why, why do I, why should I just stop cold? You know? So, um, I wanted to go, I was going to, I was going to leave town to go to college and take some film courses, but I was like, maybe I could take film courses here. And then, uh, the teaching thing, I, I guess I just, I, just felt like, hey, why not? You know, I I, I enjoy trying to help people kick. Uh, you know, I don't, I didn't really, I didn't really look at it like it was a career choice or a job at the time. You know, a couple of years later, I started looking at it more like, hey, you know, this could pay my car uh, monthlies. This could, this could give me some, you know, let me have some money in my pocket and, and stuff. So, I sort of fully committed to that for about eight years under my master. And then uh, after some some funky stuff there, uh, I started teaching for – and by funky stuff, I mean we kind of had a falling out. And then uh, I started teaching for one of his students uh, who opened up a school elsewhere. And not too long after that, that guy wanted to stop teaching and uh, just stop being a school owner. So it was around that time that he said, do you want to take over? Do you want to buy wow. the business from me? And that was that was kind of crazy because I, I had aimed I had aimed most of my life towards trying to figure out how to make film, how to get into acting, how to you know I was starting to do indie stuff, indie uh, uh, fight scenes with my buddies and stuff. We made some short films and everything. And uh, you know I had by this time I had already uh, you know met Eric Jacobus and stunt people and you know we we had already kind of like merged groups because there was a kind of a small group of us doing doing our right, thing right. until we met him and then he had a small group and then we just kind of merged and became a bigger group and I was you know sort of just aiming everything at 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 trying to go that route and um then there's this opportunity to have a school 
I sort of said, Hey, you know, I, I'll have daytime, you know, to go to auditions and make movies with buddies and stuff like that. And, you know, cause martial arts schools sort of run after hours, after school hours anyway. Right. Right. So I said, yeah, this is, why not? You know, I, I've been doing this for so long. It's been about 10 years by that point that I had been, that I had been teaching. So might as well. And then I ran that school for, for nine years. The, the landlord did, um, uh, I did three years, uh, every three years he would renew the lease. And when it got to the third term, after the third term, he didn't want to renew. And uh, I said, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I, I can't keep going month to month here. You can't run a business that way, you know? So uh, uh, he said, we'll figure it out, you know, and it's, it's, it got all funky and weird. And uh, he raised the rent by two grand Oof. in one month uh, during the slow part of the year. And I had told him this too. I had told him, you know, this is during, during summer is when a lot of people go away. And, and uh, so this is kind of the worst time to have a rent raise. Uh, there's, there's no way I can do it, you know? Um, and uh, it was around that time that, um, <laughs> coincidentally, is around that time that I finished Unlucky Stars. <laughs> and, and I was going, you know, I don't know if I can get a, a clearer <laughs> message, you know, about what, what I'm supposed to do right now. The movie was done. And, uh, you know, the next thing I know, I'm, I have to close the school. And, and I said, you know, I think it's time to go to Los Angeles. I had been, I had been coming down to LA since, uh, I think it was 05 or 06, uh, to visit my buddy Vlad down here and, um, and, and Vlad and, and, uh, uh, there's a lot of other guys down here who've been, you know, who I'd, who I'd met that, you know, we were all doing indie stuff and making films and things like that. And Vlad would come up to the Bay area and do stuff with us up there. Yeah. I just said, you know what, it, it, it's, it's time to time to really go to where all of this stuff is sort of uh, b- better accepted as a, as a pursuit because the, the, in, in the Bay area, you know, if you run around saying like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I make films and I'm going to make martial art action films and things like that. <laughs> Pe- people go, Oh, that's cool. But what do you do for work? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's sort of, uh, it, it's just, <laughs> It's just funny how that you know it, the mentality. Uh, any, I, I, I'm just assuming outside of a of a of a major city that is that is home to filmmaking. If you're outside of that city and you're running around telling people, "Oh yeah, I make movies," then I, I think it's sort of unfortunately, it's kind of like a natural response to be like, "Oh, that's a cool hobby," <laughs> you know. Uh, but 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 what what is your day job going to be? could be it didn't it didn't obviously discourage me to the point of not wanting to do it but i could see that i could see a lot of people uh, up there who if, even if they have that idea they, they might get discouraged pretty quickly if uh if they're running around telling people i'm gonna make movies and everything yeah now speaking about that you're you're teaching hop keto classes uh and you you're you've got this career i guess uh, already kind of in place where along that way did filmmaking become a part of your life well i think i think it was in 90 uh 98 i i did a quick little fight scene with another guy at the school uh when i was still training and uh that little fight scene just actually when i was a kid i did a fight scene when i didn't know any martial arts with a buddy of mine who didn't know any martial arts it was hilarious and uh i just i can't (laughs) i cannot forgive myself for losing that 
I don't. I I, I wish I could watch oh. that thing right now. It'd be hilarious because we did like a we did like a, a stick fight, and you know I, I I threw a back kick in there, and I didn't even know it was called a back kick. Um, I mean, I was just you know I was like a micro person at that time. I was a little guy, but uh, yeah. So it was a long time. It took a long time for me to uh, even want to do something like that again and, and videotape it, and then. Um, after I did that short little scene um, on tape, I said, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a short." So it, it was in '99 I started making my first short, and my first short was like 35 minutes. <laughs> it was it was way too long. Um, <laughs> You're yeah, I just, ambitious. You know, it was funny, man, because I at that time I didn't uh, I didn't even know enough about filmmaking to know that that was ambitious. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what a short was. I just thought a short was shorter than a movie, you know? And I didn't realize that, you know, shorts nowadays are five, 10 minutes and they cost a hundred thousand dollars or something. <laughs> what were you, where were you filming this on, by the way? Were you filming this on big giant? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, tape well, yeah, machines? yeah. I think at that time, I think we did the first thing we did was on a, a super eight or something like that. And then, and then I yeah, think everything yeah. from then on was mini DV tapes. Yep, yep. But but the, the first the first uh, uh, short that we did was like on a one chip camera, and it was around that time <laughs> that they had a three chip, you know, three chip CCD. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be crazy, you know. And then and then uh, uh, like five years later, you know, the DVX comes out and it's twenty four frames. You know, <laughs> we're like, cool. What does that mean? It means it gives it a film look. You know, <laughs> we, were just, we were just so pumped about this stuff. I remember uh, uh, back when I made the first film, it cost 500 bucks for a 20 gig external hard drive. Oh, yeah. So it cost me $1,000 to get 40 gigs to make my first short, you know, and it was it was uh, money that, you know, I saved up for it. And I it's it's hilarious, man, because I got the. You know, you people running around now with the 128 gig keychain. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> for forty dollars, yeah, and it's it's, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, it was when I made that first film, I immediately fell in love with the whole the whole thing, the process, everything. Just just the fact that I could um, shoot with my buddies, take it home, mess with it, add sound effects, put music in there. It was just uh, immediately a thing. About how old were you when you were when you made this first film? You know, spending a thousand dollars and all oh, that. Oh man, uh, I think I was oh, shoot. I uh, was I don't know <laughs> twenty something. Because a thousand dollars, especially back then, that's that's not that's not chump change. No, no, yeah, no. I was saying it. It, it took time to get to you know my my father was uh, very supportive. It's not like he was gonna you know. Uh, you know, not, not help me with, you know, certain thing I, but I did have to save up to get these drives, you know, since I was still living with my parents. That's, that's why I bring up that my dad was supportive since I was still living at home. You know, it's not like, it's not like I was sacrificing rent money or bill money. Right. Cause my only bill, my only bill at that time, uh, was my car. I didn't even have a phone, you know, cell phones weren't a thing. And was it, uh, the, the Kung Fu films that you were watching that, that started this whole thing for you or oh yeah yeah so around that time i think it's funny because the first thing i think i saw when i uh when i was a little bit older um early teens was um from hong kong was uh, once upon a time in china i went to my buddy's house 
and he was just watching this thing and I, and I was going, what the hell, man? Cause I had seen, <laughs> I had seen wire work before, right, right. you know, but, but there was something about that. And I, you know, I didn't know who Jet Li was and I was just sort of drawn into Jet Li and, and around that time I knew Jackie Chan existed, but I didn't quite geek out on him just yet. I was only 12 or something at that time. So I, I didn't really have a full understanding of, of, of what kind of stuff was going on in Hong Kong at that time. Cause this is a uh, early nineties, something like that. So it, it wasn't until I think, um, I don't know, early teens, uh, not, you know, not too early, but maybe like 14, 15 or something. Uh, my father read about a film called drunken master and he thought it was hilarious. Uh, just, just, just the, just the article. You know, I mean, he, he, he came to me and he goes, have you heard of this Jackie Chin doing <laughs> this movie where he's drunk and he's fighting? And I said, no, what <laughs> are you talking about? You know? And he says, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's getting all this. Uh, he's talking about Drunken Master 2, you know, but because right, uh, right. it had just come out in 94 or something like that. But I think it was around 94, 95. Yeah, that he was he was reading this article. He, uh, you know, lucky for me that. Uh, my my dad was curious enough to go to go to the. We had this place called La Video, which was which ended up being my favorite place on the planet because it had a Hong Kong movie section. Oh, nice! That okay. I absolutely you know dove into once I right. once I caught the bug. But the bug was um, supposed to be Drunken Master Two, but my dad brought home Police Story Three, <laughs> and I don't know how that happened really because he brought home this VHS tape. But he just grabbed what was on top of it because you know it had you know, uh, uh, you know the, the the foreign box cover art. So he didn't see any English on the thing. He just grabbed it, brought it home, and he goes, "Here, this is the. I think this is it." And I go, "No, it's not it. This is Police Story Three here, and in in microscopic type on the left <laughs> side is a smile. I don't I don't blame I don't fault my dad at all yeah, for not yeah, being able to yeah. find it. It was like a." Where's Waldo thing trying to find the, you know, the English thing on, but, uh, so I watched police story three, uh, <laughs> yeah. first and I, and I went, Holy, like, I, what, what is this now? You know? And then I immediately went back there to get drunken master two police story one, police story two immediately. Cause I, I, you know, I was like, I got to see what's before this. And <laughs> I, I got to see this drunken master thing. Nice. So right after drunken master two, I got drunken master one. Cause I didn't realize, you know, and then, and then, and then after that, it was like, I, I must've seen everything in, 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 in maybe less than a year. I mean, I was renting, you know, two or three, uh, uh, films every time I went in there, just ex immediately exposed to like all of Samo's stuff, all the Jackie stuff, you know? Um, so that, that, that was a, that was a crazy time because I, I was, I was just doing, playing catch up on all these things from the eighties. And so I, I was kind of on an overload because, uh, you know, I'm going all the way back to Wheels on Meals and I'm going, wait a second, man, Wheels on Meals is 10 years old. I, I, I just lost my mind because I was thinking, how much is there? So it was like an, it was just an immediate, um, you know, kind of sunk my teeth into that whole, whole genre, you know, and I just wanted to see everything.
And when you're watching these things, though, like when I was watching kung fu movies, I was watching the earlier stuff, though, the the Shaw Brothers and the the golden early Golden Harvest stuff. But when I was watching them, I wanted to be those guys. I wanted to stick to walls and I wanted to you know throw sparks and all that stuff. But were you? thinking more along the lines of how are these movies being made and and how can I make these movies myself? Yeah, I think I think those went hand in hand because my, you know, I of course wanted to see if I could do that. Uh, uh I wanted to see if my friends and I could move at that pace. You know, my buddy uh at the time, well even even though I was making that short, uh that first short that I made is kind of an interesting thing to watch um unfortunately I'll I'll I'll, I'll never show it to any, or actually, I should say, fortunately, I will never show it to anyone. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what's interesting about it is that, because it was around that time, I had seen Van Damme stuff. I had seen, uh, you know, B B level uh, uh, action movies, like I said before, that were straight to video, and so I was I was just completely, you know, immersed in the martial art movie world at that time. So when I when I was doing that. Um, that first short, I had a couple buddies in there that were not martial artists. So when they came in, I would just do a kick, boom, knock them down. And that would be more like a American way of dealing with <laughs> right, the bad right, guy. Yeah. Right. But when I got my buddy Ray in there, cause he and I were both equally nerdy about all the Hong Kong stuff. Right. So when, when he got in there and we had a one-on-one, we said, Hey, let's try to do that. Pop, 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 boom, pop, boom, pop rhythm let's try to do that instead and see if we can not only do it but see how we can shoot it to kind of emulate all these all these heroes of ours you know so um once we did that then i said okay okay i think we're i think we're starting to 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 get that we could do that also uh like like we could we could start making movies where a guy runs in and you just knock him down or we could do Movies where you know a martial artist meets another equally as skilled. Uh, they're both equally as skilled, so they have an exchange. You know that kind of goes back and forth. And it was that back and forth thing that that's what Hong Kong kind of gave to me, uh, and and sort of made me see that uh, the hero uh, is often I, well. You know, it's kind of an opinion thing. It's a preference, I guess. But when I see Jackie fighting a bunch of dudes. And he's not the best one there. And sometimes he goes up against dudes that are better than him and he finds a way to win. It ends up being more interesting for the audience. And, uh, and you have these, these moments in, in Hong Kong films way more often than American films where the hero gets hit and the audience goes, oh, shoot, I don't know if this guy <laughs> is going to be able to win just hand to hand with this guy. Uh, because this guy, like this Billy Chow looking dude <laughs> is way more badass and scary looking than the hero. I mean, even, you know, I, it's just, it's just, so the, the whole Hong Kong, uh, uh, world gave me all these heroes, uh, all these, uh, super villains. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even, even to the point where like a bunch of henchmen were actually pretty formidable. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of a crazy thing to see at that time, knowing that in all the American films, the, the hero would often be the one man wrecking crew. And then, and then in Hong Kong, it's like, nah, everybody's going to fight. So everybody's going to get punched and it's a crazy fight. And there's going to be a lot of martial artists and some of the bad guys might be better than the good guys. And it's just 
the henchmen in Hong Kong were just as much a part of the film as a co-star, uh, the villain, or, you know, uh, the majority of, of you know, uh, big fights in the movie were with guys that you were probably seeing throughout the film. Not, not guys that would just come in, get hit, fall down, that's it. Uh, so it was really interesting because it was kind of hard to miss that these Hong Kong films had this this crazy uh, kind of team effort always going on, uh, um, and it and it just I I just it it just made a lot of sense to me. The Hong Kong films kind of they just felt more collaborative. I mean, it's true that a lot of the films at that time ended up uh, coincidentally being more ensemble casts and things like that. But but because but because of the well, like I said, that everybody in the film is sort of throughout the film. I felt like I was more involved in these stories, um, you know, kind of seeing it from different, maybe maybe a, a broader view of the of the story as a whole. Just because you're you're seeing more of the other side, more of the bad guys, and I guess um, you know uh, the, the the movies I'm comparing it to is. A movie where you kind of follow Van Damme through everything, you follow Chuck Norris through everything. Seagal films, you, you know, you kind of follow the lead, and that's cool because you know one of my favorite films of all time is Die Hard, you know, and it's like, why, you know, watching Bruce Willis go through the whole thing, and, and but even in, it's it's funny, and that see now I got to catch myself because even in Die Hard, I kind of felt like some of those henchmen were, you know, pretty much there for the audience to kind of remember you know you, you wouldn't just see him one because they had a he, you know hans had a group of about what 10 guys and you, you sort of kind of got a little bit of their essence every time they were there um just a little bit and and just a little bit was more than most movies um uh, coming out of america at the time so yeah so that that, that was cool and i, and I kind of felt like um you know i had a, i had a good group of guys uh, around me at the time you know that that were down to you know, try to do these martial art films on the fly. Uh, we would guerrilla shoot a lot of things. We'd go out and just, you know, try to do our best kind of, you know, impression of, of that kind of paced action. And, uh, you know, we ended up, we ended up doing the, the next movie that we did. And I think it was like 2001 around there. We had a public access channel in, in, in San Francisco. <laughs> nice. So, so I, I said, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta put something up on that channel, man. I mean, you know, so so we made a, a another short film that was 26 minutes because I wanted that to fit into that half hour time slot that they were advertising, you know? Right, right. So so we made that one, um, and it was just way too serious, you know. You, but it, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to tell like the younger generations not to try to do something serious, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it's tough when you're young looking and you're trying to act older. And, uh, uh, right, right, right. It it doesn't quite come <laughs> off the way that you envision. Um, it kind of looks a little silly sometimes. <laughs> and uh, so, unless you unless you got a lot of older actor buddies that that you know you can actually put in roles where the character should be about forty years old, then you know <laughs> might want to. Sp- Come up with a slick way of telling a story that doesn't involve like undercover cops when you look like you're 15. No, so the important question is: Does that film still exist somewhere? Oh yeah, that's another film that won't ever <laughs> leave my grasp. I think it's been in my hand. I've never, I've never, never let go of it. Uh, nice. 
Yeah, no, it's in a safe at the bottom of a river somewhere. <laughs> but but the, 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 those films, you know, they 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 um, it it it's kind of cool that I I I didn't really again like I didn't really know you could make, or I I I guess I knew I knew you could do it, but I kind of thought that there was a purpose in making something almost a half hour at that time so that I could put it on public access. So it sort of forced me to figure out how to how to write something. Um, that, that was like in, in kind of a longer form and, um, starting to try to do that kind of helped me in all these other areas. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out now. I still have a lot of issues with my writing that, you know, I, I know I'm sort of like, I'm still very, very rookie in that department, even though it's been a long time. I, I'm just, I'm, you know, that's something I'm going to try to learn from every movie I do because, uh, like to, you know, to this day I'm watching things in unlucky stars and I'm going like, man, you know, why didn't I just write that scene like this? That was all kind of clunky, you know, but no, I, th- I think it's, I think it's cool that, um, you know, if you do, if you do a short film or if you do a short, if you w- just want to do a fight, then go do a fight. But then eventually you want to try to kind of tell a story with it. And then the story will kind of, uh, you know, enhance all your fights because it gives the audience, sure, sure. you know more more you know attachment to the characters and then you know every punch means more and uh it took me a while to to kind of figure that out how to make a a move in a fight a little bit more dramatic just because of a look or something that was said and that refer you know that refers to something else in the story from before and all these things that are sort of like uh, well of course you know (laughs) from a a lot of filmmakers out there going yeah dude what do do you think we're trying to do over here and (laughs) it's like that's kind of the point you know, of telling a story, you know, but I mean, it's hard, you know, when you're, when you're immersed in the martial arts world and you're so into the exciting parts of these fight scenes right. that right. you sort of kind of, uh, or I did at least I should keep, I got to keep saying I, at least through, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I sort of like threw things in there and kind of ran right through a lot of things that I really should have taken more time with, you know, for story and everything like that, because I really wanted to get to the fight. You know? <laughs> and it's like my buddies did too, you know, <laughs> my buddies are like, we're not actors. We just want to do fighting, you know? So it's, it's kind of like, we, we just always want to get to the fight. And, um, you know, that, that's hard. Cause over time you, you get used to you get used to the excitement of the fights and, and then you start to really kind of, you start to get proud of your fights and proud of the, 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 you know, blood and sweat you put into the fights. And then you, you, you gotta, I'm still saying this to myself every day. I got to figure out how to put in that much attention and time into the story. So, you know, because, um, again, with unlucky, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that, you know, I want to fix for my next film. I really want to, figure out this whole other side of filmmaking that was always there and I was always a fan of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm still very new to figuring it out for myself and actually applying it to the films I want to make because I got, I have ideas for uh, several films that I, that I want to do eventually. And, and now I'm, I'm at this, 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 this point where I'm going, all right, look, I got, I got a bunch of like great connections for, you know, for stunts and fighting and all that, you know, bunch of good people, really good, you know, stunt community that, you know, I feel like we're all kind of cool with each other and we're all down for, for doing these things. But the, the, the next steps gotta be, you know, um, figuring out how to tell the story and make sure the story is solid and 
hopefully it'll just it'll just be the next movie <laughs> hopefully it'll be like oh the next movie i figured it out but you know i know that you know it's like everything it's gonna take a, a bunch of tries to sure. get the to get that side of the game down i got a good buddy of mine jose who i met because of my putting um uh, uh one of my shorts on public access back in the day he he actually found us because of that Oh, wow. Cool. And, 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 uh, he, you know, he's one of the, uh, you know, one of the filmmakers that I, that I look up to, you know, all the time. He's always, you know, he's, he's making films for television now, uh, lifetime sci-fi, things like that. And he's always been an indie guy and he, he wasn't doing martial arts action stuff, but he was always doing, uh, you know, some stuff with action, some stuff with comedy, some stuff with drama. And and having him as kind of like a bigger brother in the in this pursuit is kind of cool because I can always kind of check in with him, you know, to to call me on my on on anything that I'm just sort of like being lazy about. Uh, you know, he he's a good you know uh, uh, he he helped me he helped me with the first cut of Unlucky because the first cut of Unlucky Stars was over two hours and I and I and I was telling him yo this is too long I'm kind of bored by my own movie. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with this. It's just too long. You know, these scenes are too long. Cause I, I bet, you know, at that time I had written this, this script and I'm thinking, well, of course I got to shoot all the lines in the script. And then I got, of course I got to edit all the lines in the script into the, into the feet. You know what I mean? I was just thinking like I shot all this, of course I got to use all this, you know? <laughs> and, uh, that's funny because no, you don't. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, he, he, he's like, he said, let me do a pass. And he ended up cutting some things out of there uh, that I didn't even think about cutting out. And once he cut those out, I started cutting out more because I saw more of like, oh, wait a minute, you know, I don't need that and that and that and that and that, you know. Um, but but just to you know, just to have a couple friends who are you know in the filmmaking world really really helps when you know uh, it doesn't matter what genre you're in because they kind of they kind of give you the you know the the their perspective on you know, just what, what are you trying to tell with this story? What is this, the purpose of this scene and all that stuff? I'm, I'm still learning all that right now. And as I'm writing this, this next film that I really want to do, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of going back to all these scenes and going like, am I, am I, am I, am I being redundant here? Is it, is it too long for no reason? And anyway, that's going to be a long time thing to figure out, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there hopefully soon. <laughs> well, well to, to play off of that though, the, when you talk about the community and the, uh, the indie film community and the stunt community, I first came across your work, uh, uh, through one of your colleagues, uh, a previous guest, Eric Jacobus in the film Rope-A-Dope. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I, I love Rope-A-Dope and Rope-A-Dope too. I think those are fantastic. Thanks man. Those are, those are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, uh, hooked up and uh, were part of the stunt people together for a while and you collaborated on the film contour yeah contour was our first big feature we were we were crazy with that movie yeah and um, how exactly did that did you guys come together right after i met uh that guy uh jose montesinos um because jose uh, is in unlucky stars and and he's also he's i've also been in some stuff he's done and so we've always kind of collaborated and Jose collaborated with Eric on uh, '70s Turtleneck Tough Guys, which was this other short that they did, and um, it was a rat right after you know connecting with Jose uh, Ray, the guy that I was mentioning before, Ray Carbonell's um, uh, that guy that I was doing the fights with with the, the more Hong Kong or the first guy I was trying to do Hong Kong stuff with. He said, "Hey, there's these guys called the Stunt People from Redding, California, which was way north, out in the middle of." 
you know, an area that we just were not familiar with, but it was way north from where we were. And, um, uh, you know, Ray, at that time, again, no, no YouTube. Right. So it's really pretty crazy that we all eventually found each other because, man, nowadays it must be so much easier for <laughs> indie filmmakers to just hook up like, oh, hey, hey, email, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But uh, back then, um, so Ray was showing me a couple of these shorts and he said, hey, there's this group. Uh, it's like three or four guys up in Reading. They're making these little uh, fight films, you know. And at that time, people were uploading these movies to sites that would that would house, you know, MPEGs and right, right, <laughs> uh, QuickTime, you know, files <laughs> and things that you literally would download from a index, you know, right, right. And and, and then uh, uh, so uh, I I knew of them and I knew that they were far away, right. I think it was right around the the, the 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 next year after we put that thing out, and we we met Jose and started talking to him. Um, I saw something that Eric was in that was at SF State, and that kind of threw me because I said, "Wait, is he here? I don't understand." You know, because I thought he was way I thought he was you know north up there making films up there, but apparently he had already started going to SF State. Okay, now I'm going to email this guy because he's here. And he was fighting um, Andy Long and Ed Kahana, who were also, you know, part of Contour and yep. and everything. So he was fighting these two new guys that I that I hadn't seen before either. And I go, oh wait. So I reached out. I think you know right away after they put out Escapey, which was a, a short where it was pretty much a parking lot fight, but it, it, uh, but it was very fun and uh, Hong Kong action. He, I think I emailed, emailed back. Gave me the number. I called him. He said, I'm training at this school, downtown SF, uh, with Andy. It's it's a place where he teaches. And then right when I went over there, um, for the first time, I met Vlad, who had just been visiting from Los Angeles. Everything just kind of went to a zero to a hundred in a couple weeks because the first the first time I met him, we were just training. And then Vlad says, hey, we're going to do a fight scene. And I went, what? That's normal. <laughs> I, I, I said, what do you mean? You know? And he goes, uh, we were thinking you could just, you know, fight us. And I was going, what? Okay. <laughs> this is, a, this is, this is, you know, this is, I guess, just a, hey, how you doing? Let's film. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy to me, and I and I was like, I'm so down with this. It's it's funny, you know. That's awesome. So so we did a fight, and then um, you know we're hanging out, and then Eric Eric and Vlad they start editing it, <laughs> and I'm going, wait a second, y'all are editing the thing now, like the thing we just shot, you know. And, and, you know, Vlad's like, oh, yeah, Eric's fast, man. And I'm going, what, what? You know, so so pretty much by the end of the night, you know, we had this we had this little fight to watch. And, you know, uh, um, I think I think it was not much long after that that we started doing concept fights for Contour. I was quickly exposed to some other things that they had done that I hadn't seen before. And then um, we started doing concept fights for Contour. And then I think, man, it was it was pretty quick because somebody wanted to pr- throw in money to help produce that film. It wasn't very much at all. Um, but, uh, you know, 
uh, Eric was like, we're going to do this thing and, you know, let's all just go crazy in it. And so everything, everything happened very, very quickly once we all linked up because I, I was, uh, I was making, um, stuff with a couple buddies. And so I came in with first, it was by myself, but then the second time I went out there, I was in there with Ray and Troy, you know? So we kind of, we kind of just linked up right there. We added four to the collective, you know, <laughs> and we, we just, you know, we just suddenly were this, we're, we're making this, this contour film. That's cool. Um, yeah. On a DVX 24 frames. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that is actually, uh, I've seen on Twitter anyway, uh, various followers of Eric, uh, have posted that those DVDs are still out there and, you know, showing up in walmarts and stuff yeah what's weird about that particular one is that the they really they renamed it the agent the agent yeah and then they did some funky cuts man they re-edited things oh wow and i and it, it's they got some weird stuff going on in there where like the, the screen goes all red and i i don't i don't know what i don't know what happened there what made them want to move like there's a, there is a scene in that film that got moved from another part of the story it's really weird <laughs> they did some strange stuff so I, I i don't know if the yeah i don't I, I don't know if the contour dvds are still available out there but it's it's interesting how and then and then on the cover of the agent they got it looks like a post-apocalyptic bay area and eric's got two <laughs> guns and he's got long hair and then and then there's this other stunt guy that i that i'm buddies with who's not in contour <laughs> they put his image on the cover that's awesome uh, uh, it, 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 I, it's it's so crazy man because you know sometimes the uh in the in the industry when they make these covers they 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 um they grab stock footage sure yeah and and, and you know sometimes martial artists are stunt guys and they just so happen to do a photo shoot and they just grab these kicks and throw them on <laughs> covers of movies they're not in it's hilarious i don't know so, yeah but no we're really proud of contour man that was That's definitely cool. a, a a feature that we all made for the love of it and um i think unlucky was too you know it was just it was another kind of you know uh, well, attempt at doing that so uh, let's move then into Unlucky Stars, which, by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, it is now available for free at unluckystarsthemovie.com. Go check it out. It's really, really a fantastic movie. It's a love cool. letter to Thank that Samuel Hong, Yun Biao, Jackie Chan, Kung Fu uh, epics, and you guys do a fantastic job with it. I, and I know that uh, Richard Norton called out how well the action was staged and shot and all that so you guys should be very proud of what you did man i'm i'm still i am still geeking out so hard <laughs> on that man i i can't even begin to explain what that felt like to see that guy at the screening i i i lost my mind i i don't know what i said i probably <laughs> i don't know what i said i i i i'm sure i said hello but you know it came out like a crazy fan, I'm sure. It must have been so great because you have that scene in Unlucky Stars that is a, a call out to a movie that he was in. Uh, yeah, the outfit and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah we wanted we 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 felt really pumped just to have the uh, 
you know that upper the the the, the jacket and shirt yeah, you yeah. know and then and then throwing flat in the, in the light blue with the suspenders the suspenders and <laughs> we were we were just thinking like you know if you're if if you're as nerdy as us you'll get this but if not it's cool <laughs> if you don't it's not like you know yeah i'm still i'm still crazy about the whole him giving a compliment like that is just it's just crazy I, I still can't really believe it that I'm, you know, uh, we, we, we really, we really, you know, want all those guys, you know, to see what we're, what we're trying to do and hopefully get involved <laughs> at some point. I know they're, you know, just a, just a little bit older, but I kind of feel like it doesn't matter. They're going to they can still get in there and wreck us or something, you know, <laughs> now the film itself is about two years old, right? Yeah, um, it came out. Uh, uh, we were finished with it at the end of the very end of 2015. We had a screening, but it got uh, distributed um, uh, February of 2016. Okay. Uh, we actually shot the film, you know, over a, a, a while. <laughs> Everybody who knows me is laughing about that. Uh, it took some time. Uh, this was a, a film that had to be shot in pieces. Right. Uh, scheduling and everything was insane. There's a uh, there's a church fight in the in Unlucky Star, an abandoned church. Yep. Um, to this day, I still look at that scene like I don't understand how the hell we got everybody uh, everybody's schedules to line up for that thing <laughs> because that's about because uh, that was one of the scenes that was shot in the Bay Area. Uh, some of Unlucky was shot in Los Angeles, and some of it, um, you know, Oakland, some of the San Francisco, but. That particular scene involved guys coming from LA, and we wanted to do that scene. I think it. I think I'm right about about a year before we did it. And just to give you an idea of what kind of pushbacks were going on, because if if one guy couldn't do it, <laughs> right. uh, then 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 yeah, the first question was which guy can't do it. You know. Is it is it one of the the you know the the leads in the fighter? Is it one of the the henchmen that we wanted to you know? Because then because then it was like well because I wanted to get ever all these people involved you know, and Vlad wanted to get a couple people involved in there as well, and he was switching guys um, because you know people were catching work schedules and some people had just started stunts and some people were just breaking into it you know, so um, we just we just really lucked out with scheduling and and that everybody could actually come up there and be a part of that um it was just a, it was crazy yeah oh, i should say too the vlad that you're talking about is vlad rimberg yes who was also a guest on my show and uh, i'm a big fan of his work uh really great action stuff so um and you you, you actually have a, a lot of guys from that i guess again that really close-knit stunt community because i know the the marshall club guys are in there andy and brian lee yeah, yeah, that was really cool too. Because we, I mean, they that that was they were kind of just kind of starting out yeah, around that yeah. time doing some stuff. And um, there was another scene in Unlucky where my character was supposed to get an empty gun, and it was it was not from two guys jumping us. It was from some dude who, you know, ran a, a, a tattoo joint, and he had a bunch of guns that were all giant, like rifles and machine guns and all this stuff. And so, you know, we go to get a gun from him and he ends up giving me a handgun that's, you know, something that I can actually walk around with, but it's got no clip, no bullets, you know. And, and uh, since that location fell through and we couldn't, we couldn't shoot it when we wanted to, 
we we kind of went like, you know, what if we add a quick fight where these two guys just try to jump us, two younger, you know, kind of punks who do trying to use a, a fa- an empty gun, you know? And uh, uh, yeah, we just we just got Andy and Brian in there. It was, it was that was it's pretty cool to see what those th- those guys are. Those guys are insane. The stuff oh, they're, they're doing right now, absolutely crazy. It, it's yeah, it's they're just they're ridiculously talented dudes. Um, that was like, you know, I, I look back at Unlucky, uh, you know, because they were in there, you know, such a quick scene. Yeah, it was cool, but it's such a quick scene, and it's like, man, you know, we, when we do another movie, I mean. We, we, we got to get, we got to go crazier. <laughs> These guys are probably ready to shoot a lot more than we can at this point, you know? So what was the whole production process like for that movie? I mean, cause uh, again, yeah, you know, everybody has day jobs and they're, they're, they're doing their thing. So yeah, man, that was tough. That was really tough. That's why um, as, as cool as it was and as fond as I am about, you know, the whole film and, and, you know, everybody's coming together for it. I, there's just no way we could do a movie like that again. <laughs> Uh, with with that kind of um, that kind of hope, you know right. that everybody's going to be available. It's just it was so insane. I I, I don't think I'm ever going to stop laughing at how crazy that whole you know plan was. Uh, it's just like oh yeah yeah no I'll just cast 55 people and we'll shoot it in three <laughs> cities. That's easy. I don't know what I was thinking. I just you know it's just insane. And uh, I feel like. Uh, a lot of that movie was luck, you know. There's so much that was happening, you know, week to week, month to month. The fact that half that movie got done was just—it was just so miraculous, you know. Uh, some of the locations that ended up happening are, are just—they're just crazy. I mean, that 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 abandoned factory, the um, the house that we were allowed to fight in—that's <laughs> right, right. in, insane. I mean, yes, we had to pay for that location, but. The fact that this that this woman Nadia was just like, oh yeah, 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 martial art, yeah, okay, and we're going, we're going. Wait a minute, just to double check, we can fight in here, you know, That's like awesome. like fight in here, you know. She goes, yeah, 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 fight. You know, it's just you, you don't you don't find people like that, you know. I mean, we didn't want to show up and say, oh, we're just gonna do a little little uh, you know movie and. I mean, we had to tell her that we're going to start yelling and breaking things, you know, right? because <laughs> that would have been, you know, would not have been a good surprise. So, no, we really lucked out. Um, and, and like I said, the scheduling. So the whole, the whole production was, was uh, kind of a, you know, every week that would go by, you would just, you, people would just kind of get on, the, you know, I would email people, uh, Vlad and I and Ken, uh, the three of us were, were you know, kind of the, the, I guess executive producers of the film, right? And and the three of us would would just keep talking about, okay, what can we do next? You know, can you do this? Can you do that? And then I'd have to call people, or Vlad would, you know. And uh, it was just sort of, you know, just kept plugging away at it, knowing that there was a strong um, possibility that you know uh, we'd have to wait another week. Every time, every time we scheduled something, it'd be like, okay, this is, this is what we'd like to do this weekend. You know, we'd like to do this. There's a strong possibility that we can do it or that we may not, you know? <laughs> well, how long was that shooting schedule total? Oh man, it was over, it was over the course of, I think about two years. Ooh, wow. Yeah. At any point in that two years where you're like, man, this is just not going to happen. All the time. <laughs> 
all the time. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd, I'd argue with myself, you know, and 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 get myself back on track. But uh, I guess I should I should clarify by saying, like, all the time I was saying, "There's no way I'm gonna be able to get this scene done the way I want it to because it keeps getting delayed or it keeps getting pushed back." So, so throughout the process, I'm sure, and I can't really be too sure about which scenes, but I'm sure that throughout the process, I was going, you know what, this part's too difficult. Like I said, with the tattoo shop thing that, you know, felt there, I was like, you know what, I don't need that. I just need a part in the story where I get an empty gun, you know? So there, there are like things that were going on through that film that, um, you know, where I was saying like, okay, this is not going to happen. It's getting months and months and months into this thing pushing the scene back. I mean, we did get to a point, um, where, you know, we, cause a lot of it was out of our, uh, out of our pocket. Sure. So we, we did, we did some stuff, you know, on our own as much as we could, but <clears throat> it did get to a, a point where, you know, there was, um, somebody kind of had to check out for a while, uh, for some personal issues, you know, uh, something happened with, you know, um, uh, because we lost the location and because somebody traveled, you know, something got pushed back many months. Some things got moved up in the schedule because, you know, people were suddenly available. And uh, then we had an Indiegogo thing that uh, we raised about 6800 from that really did help quite a bit because we got to shoot another couple scenes. But as soon as those scenes were done is back to no money. <laughs> right, right. It's funny too, because, you know, we projected, you know, a certain amount for that Indiegogo and it probably ended up being around that at the end. But I mean, that 6,800 went, came and went so fast. When, when that money leaves, you, you kind of sit there and you're going, well, shoot, I don't know how am I, how am I going to continue this thing? You know? So yeah, no, I mean, every, I'm sure, I'm sure there was plenty of times where I was thinking, man, this, this, this is going way too long. You know, but, but I mean, we had already done so much and that's kind of one thing that I think is, I mean, that, that kind of ends up being the, the reason things get done, you know, is because it's like, what do you, what do you do with something that you've already invested a lot of time into, you know? And I know, I know there's a thousand reasons why a lot of films fall apart. So I'm not trying to say that, you know, people out there who have had projects fall apart, could have finished because there are incredible, there's an incredible amount of variables for productions to fall apart or to get shelved or, you know what I mean? For, for plugs to get pulled and all that. Um, but I mean, being that we were so gorilla, you know, and shooting this so indie and we had all these buddies who were just so down. I mean, even though the thing slowed down to a, a turtle's pace, it's still, it's still, it still just never stops because we still had people that were going. So how's it going? You know, what's going on with it? You know, and it's just like, well, we're not. We can't stop. It's just getting to a point where I'm thinking, like, you know, what are we going to do to keep yeah. it going? Yeah. Well, take me back to the to that first meeting when you decided that this was going to to happen. What was what was the pitch uh, to whoever it was you were working with at the time to to make this movie? Vlad and I reached out to uh, Ken Kitagua, 2008, I think. And um, at that time, Vlad and I knew him as part of a group called Zero Gravity. This is when people started talking online on Facebook and everything like that. 
So uh, uh, Vlad's like, hey, man, you know, we it'd be cool if we did something someday, you know. And Ken responded, yeah, it would be cool. And then I, I got in there and I said, yeah, let's do something. And then um, so the three of us got together with a, uh, another guy named Darian. So uh, the, the four of us went and, went ahead and made a short film called Rival Grocers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was our first collaboration and it was just us in a, uh, you know, uh, doing goofy stuff in a, in a garage, you know, goofy kind of comedic, uh, fun stuff in a, in a garage. And we did a quick fight. And then after that, it may have been a, ye- mm, may have been a bit, a little bit yes, less than a year. I did a, a, another short with Ken and my buddy, Steve, you, who, uh, who's in unlucky as well. Uh, it's like a, like a four minute, it's called replaced. It was like a four minute little horror thing or a little sci-fi horror thing. I don't know why. I just felt inspired to try this idea I had. And um, I was uh, a year later that we did this thing called Owned for my buddy Jose. It was a movie he made where Ken and I fought each other. And Owned kind of inspired me because that film was so indie and it was a feature. And it was made you know, in very much the same way Unlucky was made. Ken and I had a little, you know, uh, backyard brawl in that film. So after that film, I talked to Ken. I was like, man, Jose made this thing, this feature really indie. And, and it, and he, he did it, you know, with really everything that we have access to, you know, I mean, he shot it here, shot it on this camera, all these things, you know, we got all of our buddies in it, you know, well, why don't we try to do something like that? And, um, and then I talked to Vlad about it because Vlad went ahead and saw it too. And I think I think owned kind of lit the fire because here was an indie film made with all of us, really. And we were thinking, shit, we 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 could make one ourselves, but we could do kind of a kind of a fun, you know, action comedy movie. Uh, and, and, and I, I just, I, I think at that time I was kind of, I just, I was thinking to myself, why do another short, you know? I mean, because really it would just take a little bit longer than the shorts I've done. You know, I didn't think it was going to take that much longer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that was what I was thinking at the time. I was like, I mean, I, I was thinking, Hey, if we can go out and shoot a short on a weekend, right? Why don't we just do that on every, on every weekend that we have available? And just keep plugging away at one longer story. Uh, it just kind—it just kind of seemed like, what well, you know, the natural progression. I mean, like, why, why keep doing shorts? You know, um, the, the another thing I, I, I found kind of, uh, you know, that sort of pushed me into wanting to do a feature was that for me personally, shorts are very difficult. You know, the, those shorts that I said I'll never show anyone ever um, <laughs> kind of taught me that. Uh, it's really hard to smash a story into a short runtime, uh, you know, without character arcs and, and, you know, without really a long adventure, it is kind of tough. And, um, you know, so, you know, my hat's off always, you know, to, to these dudes out there that make these, these short films with, with a really great story or really great, you know, plotter, you know, it's, it's hard to do that for me. And, um, I kind of felt like, man, you know, with all the people that we, that we now have access to. Um, I mean, man, we could, we could get a bunch of people fitting in, into this feature, you know? So why, why I keep making shorts, I guess was the reason why we said, let's just do a feature length. And what about the, the homage to the, the eighties and nineties Kung Fu? Where did that come from? 
I mean, I, I, I just wanted to really kind of show everybody that there is no doubt that these guys were a thousand percent inspired by these <laughs> Hong Kong action films. Like I just, I did not want that to be a doubt in anyone's mind. I wanted to keep, I really wanted to keep kind of tipping my hat to all these inspirational things that got us to where we were so that if anybody watched the film, there was just, there was no doubt, you know, um, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it, it, I, I know I can speak for Ken and Vlad that I, there's no way that, you know, we all would have come together if we weren't all inspired by that era, you know? Yeah. And it just, it just seemed like, well, you gotta, you gotta pay respect somehow. <laughs> like we can't, it's not, I'm, it would have been weird to just go make the film with no references at all. You know, with no kind of call out to that, because that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that's hard with that movie um, uh, to this day that that I see when I show certain people or when certain people talk to me about having watched it is that um, it it does kind of have a, a different kind of vibe to it, and uh, to, to in when you start comparing it to American films, and and I think I think it's because I was really kind of trying to follow the the pace and the mood of those lucky stars films uh i mean like you know the 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 seti sabella character um the 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 samir youssef character who's into tomas de la cruz i mean that was kind of the the richard ing of right, right, you know, right, right, right. of the film yeah. and it's not it's it's kind of hard to you know if you don't if you don't really know what we're kind of you know drawing lines to then then maybe you don't really get the film and that's okay with me. That's all right. I mean, like if, if you don't really get why I had these kinds of people in the film, that that's cool. It's just, I, I was thinking I want to do this for us and I want to do this for, you know, fans of the Hong Kong world because so that, cause they'll, I think they'll get it no matter, you know, uh, and, and um, you know, Ken, Ken and Vlad were totally, uh, just a thousand percent, you know, agree, agreeing with me on that, you know, that, that, oh yeah, you put that in and you don't even have to say anything about it. You know, uh, like, like <laughs> the, the thing with the milk that, that cracked me up since I was a <laughs> great yeah, since I was a kid, I was going, I mean, I mean, you know, the first time I saw dragons, I guess I was a, a teenager or something like that. Right. But since I was a kid, I was just thinking, you know, milk is like this kid drink there's a milk and cookies kind of a thing and that that I, that's just, you know so when in dragons when when they sit down at the bar and they get the milk I'm, i i just it just cracked me up forever you know <laughs> and your reaction by the way in that scene was pretty perfect <laughs> thanks man yeah, I just I, I I want I wanted to make sure I reacted like the first time I actually saw dragons when I when they put the milk down I just went what is that I don't yeah, know. yeah, is yeah. that milk? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. For for fans of of the uh, the kung fu cinema at the time, um, a lot of that stuff was it became a game of spotting Easter eggs. You know, Th- that's also really fun for me too. I was I was kind of having a lot of fun with just throwing them in there because I was thinking, man, if I was watching a movie, um, it would be neat if I if I could pick out little things like that, or if somebody came to me and said, hey, man. Did you see that movie? Da 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 da. 
uh, did you catch this? Did you catch that? If I didn't, I go, Oh, I want to go see it again. You know, I want to go, I, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't yeah. see that, you know? So that there was a, a scene that, that was in the original cut. That's not in the new cut. Um, where, um, you know, we had one of the, the moving trucks in the background. Uh, we, we had my buddy who, uh, Sean Finney, who was doing the, um, the digital, um, uh, effects on, uh, um, you know, signage and things. So, uh, he, um, I asked him, I said, can we make the, the, the moving truck say wheels on movers instead of, nice. you know, <laughs> and we said, you know, yeah. we did, it, it was fun to do that. It was fun to say, you know, Hey, look, look at this scene right here. Let's just change the, like the sushi bar. Did you catch that one? Yasuaki Karada. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, uh, a buddy, a buddy of mine who saw that, he said, is that actually the, the restaurant name? I said, no, man. <laughs> No, 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 no. We couldn't put the restaurant name in, so why, why not? Why not throw a little shout there, you know? So that 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 just made it. It just made it fun throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, I had I had a character Stan mention Yenwa. Just just really oh, yeah. quick. Uh, I didn't want to. Yep, yep. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. But I, I just I just thought it would be fun if if one character in the film said he's like Yenwa or something. And have another character say what, you know? I but I didn't want to say the what because I didn't want to slow down the the, the little exchange there. So I, I was like, ah, just that would be fun, you know. We we just really wanted to, and I, I'd like to continue doing that. If it, I don't want to go too crazy with it, but every now and then, I think it's nice when you know Tarantino does the same kind of thing. He'll throw in a little sure. tribute or yeah. a nod or something like that, and I think that's kind of cool. You get this. You get this through line through uh, generations of filmmaking, where you know some filmmaker will say, "You know what? I'm going to throw a little, throw a little nod into this this film that inspired me." And I think that's a cool way to kind of keep that 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 vibe going, that spirit going through movies. You know, I got to throw a quick shout out to uh, Vlad Rimberg too for. Uh for channeling Samo really, really well when he does that little move where he rubs his jaw and he, <laughs> yeah, man, really well done, really <laughs> yeah, well done, he did that perfect. But uh, yeah, for so for all fans of that uh, era of kung fu movies, uh, you really have to check out uh, Unlucky Stars, um, and it does bear repeat viewing for those kind of experiences because it's a familiar feeling movie if you like those films and again the action is really really well done you guys did a great job thank you man and uh again it does bear repeat viewing because you're going to want to catch those little call outs and it's it's great to see that and uh, and recognize it thanks man i really really appreciate that man vlad vlad's the action director on on unlucky and um those transitions that he had during the finale and everything that, that you know that that's the kind of stuff that we all just kind of hope is the uh, how can I say like the new um, the new touches that we're trying to put to, to on this older style, you know, like like that's that's one of those things that um, we really hope to build on. You know, it's like we, we got this this old school action that we're trying to bring back and then and then how can we modernize it and, and give it some new highlights. Right. And um, yeah. So. So, yeah, Vlad. Vlad came up with some crazy awesome stuff for throughout that film, really, you know? Yeah. Now, speaking of that, do you think that Hollywood was receptive to making a martial arts film like this, or is that going to rest hmm. solely with you guys, with the indie filmmakers? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Cause, um, um, I, I kind of feel differently about that every month. I mean, based on what, 
uh, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, because uh, there's a lot of people in the stunt community around me all the time that I'm talking to. Some of these guys are coming back from A-list films. Uh, some of these guys are coming back from TV shows that are, you know, happening right now. And, you know, uh, I've had a few experiences on a couple TV shows since I've been down here and it's, it's, it's always something different. There's always something new that, uh, sort of sways me in one direction or the other in terms of answering your question, because, uh, sometimes I'm very hopeful that, um, oh, because this happened on this project, whether it be a film or a TV show, because this happened on this project, then I'll bet you that opens doors for blah, 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 you know? Uh, but, and then another project will come up where I'll go, oh man, that project's going to be amazing because I know the, the fight team, I know the coordinator, I know the, you know, all these things and it looks like it's finally going to happen. And then that project will just get some sort of stroke of bad luck where I don't know, it's given to an editor who doesn't know how to edit action or something. You know what I mean? So there, there's, there's always, there's always a sign in either, in, in both directions of, of where everything's going to go. And I think, I think it could happen. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, pessimistic to the, to the idea of it, uh, uh, breaking into the, into the A-list world. Um, it's just, it's, there's just so many crazy factors that I think people don't understand, uh, are, are out there. Like the, the, the amount of variables from the previs, the, the previsualization, uh, uh, that is submitted to the, to the film all the way to the final cut. There are so many things that could happen in between a and B there, you know? And I, I think eventually, you know, um, it, it'll, it'll happen, but, uh, it's just the term in terms of when. So, so I guess a, a short answer would be like, you know, anytime soon, I think it's going to be indie, but, but, but for all I know, like right now, for all I know, there's a group out there, you know, of really capable stunt guys who have all this martial arts ability and, and they're working right now with some director who's, who's cool with that. And they're working with a DP who's cool with that. And they're working with a producer who's saying, yes, that's what I want. And then an editor who actually knows how to edit it the right way. And then for all I know, that movie comes out next month, you know, and I just don't know that it's being made right now. So, I mean, it could have, I mean, anytime I think, you know, movies like the raid, um, any kind of, any kind of global attention, um, is going to at least, kind of like raise the eyebrows of some producers who might who might be thinking hey i'd like to know why that movie was successful and then i want to make sure that whatever i put money into goes the same route you know uh that could be happening um it's just it's just tough it's just tough to know you know what when and who and where because i know i know right now i got buddies working on some things that could be very awesome and and they're all thinking and hoping, I'm sure that that it, that they will be. And um, but once they're done shooting, you know, being that they're just the stunt crew, once they're done shooting, they got they gotta walk away with their fingers crossed. You know, they gotta just. There's nothing they can really do about it. You know, once it's done. So so because of that, if you're if, you know if you're an indie group, at least you know who's gonna edit it. 
a, a lot of the time I feel like that gets people really pumped and excited to do indie stuff because because they know that you know the the creators and the stars and the producers and the editors are all the same people so so I think there might be a little bit more um I think people would put put a little bit more money down if they were to bet on an indie film turning out better action than an A-list film. Just for right now, unfortunately. Fair enough. So, where then does Unlucky Stars go from here? I feel like um, this this rebirth, this second wind that we're giving it, is uh, really kind of an important you know time. I'm I'm curious to I'm kind of I'm kind of as curious as you are because I. We we really thought that the distributor uh, would put it out there and we would know who was getting it and uh, have a better idea of how far it was reaching, you know, and uh, we don't know. So by putting it out there again now, and I made a slightly shorter cut, and I think it's a slightly better cut because it kind of flows a little bit better. This new cut that's out there now, it, being that it's free – now we all can just say, "Hey, go watch it," and we feel like this will this will spread it further. And uh, I mean, really, it's about how, how can we get it in, the, in in front of the right eyes, you know? Beforehand, when you, I mean, we were—I was so pumped, man, when we got a distributor. I just kind of blindly, you know, was saying, you know, this is going to get out there, and finally, and all these things, you know what I mean? But I, I just didn't know that that's not quite what we wanted to do with it. What we want to do with it is make sure that when we talk about it and other people talk about it and that keeps bouncing around that all those people can say, oh, yeah, you can just watch it online so that there's no there's no like, oh, I got to go buy it. I got to go download it. I got to go what to what site now. All that stuff kind of just it just slows down the whole thing. And I bet I'm just betting a lot of people don't end up watching movies like that, you know. So to, to have it out there free to watch now, um, we're really hoping that it just gets in front of the right people. And uh, the people that watch it go, oh, I get what you guys are trying to do. You know, uh, I absolutely know somebody who could help fund your your next film. You know, because um, I mean, obviously, we're all <laughs> we all made that thing, hoping that that would be the first of many. You know, so yeah, I mean, in terms of where it goes now, is is kind of like, uh, you know, we're just hoping that it just keeps it just keeps getting shown and and, and uh, uh, um, talked about. So that we we attract the right kind of producer, you know. Nice. Well, we will definitely do our part here. I really, yeah, I really, sorry, I really appreciate this, man. Any, any, anything, anything like this, any, uh, uh, you know, opportunity to, to talk about, you know, uh, uh, just this, this crazy indie, you know, world. I think it, it's important because a lot of people also don't understand that making an indie movie with almost no money is it's like a. <laughs> It really needs <laughs> – someday we were, we would love to say, making some crazy action film, that it all started because we all made this movie for no money, you know? So, so any, any opportunity to talk about, you know, the, um, the difficulty and the heart that went into it and the, the, the collaborative team effort that went into it is so important, you know, because I almost feel like the making of Unlucky, which we also put on the website – I almost feel like the making of is a better trailer than the trailer because if you if you show the trailer to somebody, somebody might say, "Oh, that looks fun or colorful or comedic or whatever." 
but you know to 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 you know trained eyes from certain technical points of view they might be like okay so it's another low budget martial art film you know but uh no it's not <laughs> this uh, this one's a lot more than that because it's made by a group of people that came together and under these circumstances and all that stuff and i don't feel like you really get that unless you get a chance like a podcast to talk about it or unless you get the making of out there you know and I'll sp- I'll speak for all of the all of my fans um, that we want to keep watching it. We I love seeing uh, guys that are influenced by the the kung fu era uh, give back and and create a, you know, a new take on that stuff. I so, really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's great. There are these familiar feelings that come from watching Unlucky Stars, but it's got this whole new fresh wrapper on it, and it it's slick, it's fast, it's cool, and you guys are funny. It's, it's a really great, really great movie. Thank you, man. That that, that really that, that means so much. It will always it will always mean a lot when you know any kind of feedback that we get where where people say we understand what you guys came from. That's the that's the goal right there, and and it almost you know it's almost like the best kind of compliment because I mean some people are going to watch it and be like oh that was cool you know but they don't have any idea what we're trying to even you know go for and. Um, and that's great, but uh, but to hear that you know people get that we were what we were trying to do is is just really uh, we really appreciate that. Very cool. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up. So, are uh, you ready to okay. do a quick lightning okay. round? I I hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna throw a few things at you. Give okay. me what uh, what comes to your mind first. Ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> According to De La Soul, what is the magic number? Oh man. It's got to be three. Three, correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's always got to be three. That's why I want to make three of every movie all the time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so if you had to choose, Marvel or DC? <clears throat> Marvel, um, I mean, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with the more recent Marvel films. I feel like they're, um, they got a little bit more fun. Like yeah. uh, uh, Ragnarok got a little bit more fun. You know, yeah, YTT is... Uh, I, I know he's he's one of the main reasons that you yeah. can you can uh, say that that movie went the way it did, and that's that's awesome. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> I just love that they're bringing the comedic element into that stuff. Um, you know, like cool. the Ant Man's and stuff. Like I just I feel yeah. like that it, it, turning over that that fun side of it is is really important. All right, uh, finish this lyric. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep. Uh oh. um how does how does uh uh-oh go for my answer (laughs) all right i'm buzzing you it's black sheep (laughs) (laughs) black sheep okay all right uh you versus vlad rimberg in a beer chugging contest oh man i'm not a drinker man so he'd he'd destroy me (laughs) (laughs) good enough uh according to bone thugs and harmony oh when do you get up, cash your checks, and come on? Oh, man. Come on, man. The first of the month. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, man. Were you bringing up Black Sheep, like Black Sheep the group? I see. I, I got yeah. messed up right there, man. Yeah. You were saying yeah, one yeah. sheep, two sheep. Man, Drez would be upset, man. All right. All right. See, now, right. see, I was caught off guard. Damn. Lightning rounds. They get me nervous. <laughs> I'm that guy that would go on. What's that show? Millionaire or whatever. 
that oh, millionaire yeah, 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 show, yeah, yeah. I'd get the first yeah. one wrong, you know, because I said, <laughs> like, I would say, I would say whatever was next to D, but I would say B, and then I'd read right, what right, was right. next to D, and then they'd say, you know, that's wrong. All right, well, there's no millions here, so don't worry about okay, that. Okay, good. <laughs> um, all right, and the uh, last uh, lightning round question, and it's uh, a trick question. I will edit it out if you get it wrong, but what is your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts movies and now indie films as well? Oh, it's got to be this new thing, man. It's the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast. <laughs> it's 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 awesome. I I, nice. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. I uh, know, I, I don't. I heard the host is a jerk, though. So. <laughs> He's lying to you. <laughs> very cool. That's not true. Very cool. <laughs> and that is the correct answer. So very well done. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right. Uh, so what comes next for you? Uh, plug your socials uh, everywhere that uh, fans can get some more info on what you're doing. Um, the social is uh, Hapki Den, um, H-A-P-K-I-D-E-N on Instagram. And then Dennis Rule on Facebook. Yeah. And I know you just came back from India, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eric was the uh, action director and I did the fight uh, coordinating and he and I were out there as a team of two on this film um, called Man Who Can Feel No Pain. Yeah. And it's actually premiering this Friday in Toronto. Oh, nice. The Toronto Film Festival, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I'm actually headed out there. I've never been. And, awesome. Um, so that'll be that'll be really cool. We're really excited about that because uh, we were given, like like you were asking before about, you know, action and, and, and what is, you know, like Hollywood going to do, you know, um, or indie or Hollywood. This was a situation where, the director, the DP, uh, you know, where they completely understood what we were trying to do. Um, so there was a lot of collaboration going on on that project. So we're really pumped to see the outcome um, because we, we just feel good about, you know, how the whole process went uh, in terms of shooting and the actors that are in there. They did a lot of their own stuff. I'd say almost 100% of their own stuff, which is pretty crazy. The, every now and then a stunt double would do something, you know, like a fall or something like that. But generally, I mean, they, they, they just busted their ass. I mean, they, they really put their heart into everything. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of a big deal for us that, that we, that we, you know, actually got to meet three actors who were that down to get down and to, to do these fights, you know, and, the, and the stunt team out there was a bunch of really nice guys and everybody, really really kind of collabed well so yeah will that get any release in uh, in north america oh yeah i think uh, well um uh, in north america i'm not sure but I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure that 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 the inclusion uh of the film in uh, toronto F film festival i'm pretty sure that's going to lead to some kind of a release knowing that knowing that it had a premiere there because the the i think it's the first I, I don't think I think I'm right about this, but I think it's the first uh, uh, Hindi action film to make the Midnight Madness uh, part of that festival. Oh, awesome! I, I think so. Um, pretty sure on that one, and I think because of that, it's already got a little bit of anticipation and attention. So uh, I know there are definitely a bunch of theaters out in the Los Angeles area, even up in the Bay Area, that have um, that show Bollywood films and things. So I, I, I'm sure it's got to eventually have a showing out here. Very cool. I saw the trailer. Uh, it's the trailer. Part of the trailer, anyway, is on your Instagram. So if you guys uh, go follow Hopkeden uh, on Instagram, uh, Dennis posted it up there. But uh, yeah, that full trailer is actually a, a film festival trailer. It's a little bit longer than. Oh, nice. 
I guess I guess the official trailer would be. It's kind of like a uh, well, you can see it. I, I put it on the Facebook there because I couldn't fit it on the Instagram. It's like a it's like a three minute thing that they do for you know, uh, catalogs and things for, for festivals. All right. So we'll check that out. But in the meantime, uh, best of luck with everything that you got going on. Um, I hope unlucky stars continues to grow and thrive and, uh, that you guys get to do what you want with that and see that through to fruition. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we'll follow you. Like I said, that, that movie's a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool for, uh, Kung Fu film fans to, to go check that out and see those call outs. Uh, so again, best of luck to you. Hope we get to see more of your work very, oh, very man. soon. Thank you so much, man. I, I, I feel like I, I really messed up with that black sheep thing, man. I gotta <laughs> say, I was not thinking. I was not thinking music after Day Law. After you said something about Day Law, I said, "All right, I'm off the music thing now. What's next?" And then, and then when you say Bone Thugs, then I'm like, "Okay, now I'm back on my music." You see, so I just, it, man, messed me up. I'm, I'm bummed about that. That's all right. I'm going to have to call that out in large letters and then uh, and uh, send that to the Black Sheep. You didn't get the Black Sheep question. He's no hip-hop fan. Uh, Daz, thank you so much. This was a great interview, and uh, I hope uh, you had fun as well. But uh, again, Oh, really, man? Yeah, sorry I babble so long. No, no, no. It's, it's so babbler. great. So much great information. But again, best of luck with everything. Cool. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate this. My thanks to Dennis for taking some time to talk with me. So much great information about Unlucky Stars and indie filmmaking in general. And again, I wish him the best of luck. Speaking of which, we recorded this episode the Tuesday before the Toronto Film Festival where The Man Who Feels No Pain had its world premiere. Well, I'm happy to say that the film went on to win the Grolsch People's Choice Midnight Madness Award and got a ton of positive reviews from the showing. So congrats to the whole cast and crew and to action director Eric Jacobus and fight coordinator Dennis Rule for bringing home the prize. Follow Dennis all over social media with the handle Hapkiden. And again, check out Unlucky Stars on Vimeo or go to unluckystarsthemovie.com. And I'll leave those links in the show notes. And as always, follow me on all the socials as well on Instagram and Facebook at Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, on Twitter at Kung Fu Drive-In, or email me kungfudrivin at gmail.com. And stay tuned for some new content news in the very near future. And speaking of content, please go follow my Castaways friends over on Twitter at the hashtag Castaways for some awesome content as well. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. The 2018 UASE will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theaters Times Square, featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies. We're having a 14-hour action film megathon showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of Five Deadly Venice. Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity and Action Initiative celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform, we advocate diversity and inclusion through our International Action Film Festival, Action Expo, and Action Film Awards platform to promote multicultural heroic images in order to change the dynamic of mainstream media. I invite you to be a part of the action by pre-purchasing a 2018 event pass for yourself or a friend. Master, Sanjay is finished. We can attack the city. Mm. Poison Clan rocks the world.
Watch when it's muscle mansion Drink a little wine and get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine and get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah the little big soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to raise jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but all don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster The channel little dream Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show your spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting